Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. My name is Aaron DeMaster. I'm the pastor here. What you're in for is a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Our goal here is to do what every good Christian church should do, which is to help you connect with God in a worshipful way and help you grow in your relationship with Him. Our style it just might be a bit different than what you're used to or different than other churches in the area, but what we want you to know is we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously here. We want to guide and encourage you every week you're here. Today we're wrapping up our series that we've been calling Bold. And what we've been doing is we've been studying through the book of Acts and seeing how people who followed Jesus, they had this newfound confidence in God's ways. It provoked them to make these bold moves to not only deepen their personal faith in God, but also to help the church grow to what it is today, the first church. And we see this in Acts. And today, we hope those things carry over for you. But before we go any further, I want to ask you kind of a blunt question that you can just answer to yourself. How many of you here actually believe in the power of prayer? Just answer that to yourself once. Like, do you actually believe your prayers matter? Like, it impacts things. It changes outcomes. Because if you've ever doubted prayer, maybe even a little bit, or its effectiveness, this message is for you today. Because today, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about bold prayers. As, a, as you think about prayer for yourself, I want you just to think for a second a bit more here. In the last week, what have you prayed for? Like, just think, what have you prayed for? Take a second and think the specific things that you maybe prayed for this week. I'm not going to call you out aloud or, or make you share what you, what you come up with, but how you respond to that question tends to show what you believe about God and what you believe about prayer. Now, if you mainly prayed about self-seeking prayers, such as things in your own life, maybe your job, your life, your family, it shows you kind of think God exists for you. If you prayed mainly small prayers, like things like safety or energy or people that just get along, it shows you kind of lack of faith in a big God and big things that he can do. Or if you don't really know or you didn't really pray, it shows you don't really believe God or that you really believe he answers prayers. With that, what do you think you need to do to have bold prayers? Do you want bold prayers? For this series, we've been talking about what bold is, and bold is behavior born out of belief. And that's what we've been kind of comparing to this whole series long. Boldness is your behavior born out of belief. And it's not any different with prayer. Your prayer behaviors is the extent of your belief in it. So again, what's your current prayer life say about your boldness? Now, me being on stage, I'm not trying to like, be the question asker and want, I don't want to come across as righty-tighty or perfect in prayer because honestly, I still struggle with bold prayers in life at times. I struggle with, all, with bold prayers a lot, even growing up. Uh, to give you a little background on prayer for me and my struggle with it, for me growing up, prayer simply was what I saw as the buzzkill to when I was starving. It was. Like when I was starving or my mouth was watering over like delicious food at the dinner table, prayer was the buzzkill that you had to do before you actually ate. Now, back then, uh, my parents or my family, we prayed at every meal. So I learned some hacks on how to get through it. 
and I thought I'd share a few with you, just because I thought it's fun. Uh, I did a little peeking. I did a little peeking during the prayer time, and I stole a little bit of food. It happened. It did. Uh, in Matthew 26, 41, it does say something like this. Watch and pray. Watch, peek, pray. That's what I was doing. Apparently, I didn't get to the full extent of this verse. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Do not enter into temptation. Apparently, the food was temptation to me, but that was something I did. I also learned that if you're not the one praying, you can even stick food in your mouth and suck on it a little bit. It makes you savor. In my family, like, if you are the one praying, you get to choose how long the prayer is. It was amazing. Thanks, God. Amen. All right, and then we'd eat. But prayer evolved a little bit more than that as I, as I got a little bit older. As I was a teen, I would pray personally on my own. Uh, it was mainly only for things that I primarily needed. Food, safety, things I wanted, health, that girl to like me, sports, wind, A's on tests, that pimple to go away, flat abs is what I prayed for. To be taller was a thing I wanted. Or in times of crisis would be another time I'd pray. Please, God, help, help. Why, God, why is this happening? Those were my prayers. And that was kind of it. From my experience uh, with group prayer as I was growing up, group prayer or public prayer, I, I grew up going to a church, um, and I did the youth group thing a few times, and people would be like, all right, let, let's circle around and hold hands and pray. Hold hands? I'm not going to hold hands with this dude, right? That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm not holding hands. Like, how do I do the over or the under or the interlocking fingers and then like what do, what do my hands do are they like the dead fish or like the stiff or the shark grip I, like where you're active with it like how do, hold hands what seriously it was not my thing unless again youth group times unless that cute girl was in the group and i was like hey i think we should hold hands while we're praying right that's kind of what would come to mind for me and then as it, so that was in high school or kind of growing up. And then as a young adult, to actually say a prayer in a public setting or in a church setting, my perspective of prayer at that time wasn't really about what you prayed about. It was more about dropping as many church words as possible to impress those around you. Ah, Almighty Father, grant us a hedge of protection. Let us be in fellowship to commune with one another. And let this Proverbs 31 woman and I be in matrimony one day so we can live for you. Wait, did you just ask for us to get married? No. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> those were the type of prayers I did. And this seems super silly, right? But those were honestly many of the prayers and experiences that I had with prayer early on. Even still today, though, I find my prayers being about health, safety of my family, blessings, direction, care for others. But is that actually bold? Is that bold? When I really think of it, I feel like God's got to be like, how many blessings do you need, Aaron? Or, or really another safe prayer or safe travels? Like, just wear your seatbelt and drive the speed limit for once. Or, come on, ask for something big is what I feel God maybe is like saying at times. Now, that's me, right? That's me and my, my experience with prayer. I want you to think about yours. What have they been like for you? For you, if you were to do an assessment on your prayers, are they existent? Are they big? Are they bold? Again, bold is behavior born out of belief. Does your belief provoke bold, big prayers? Does it? It did for the disciples in Acts. 
and it changed things for them as individuals, and it changed the lives around them as well. For this whole series, we've been looking at this verse in, in the, the whole book of Acts, but specifically this verse, and it's Acts 4.13. It says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, disciples of Jesus, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Even though they were ordinary people with no special training, what they did have was this encounter with Jesus and what he offered. And their bold behavior was born out of belief and trust in him. And and Jesus wanted and taught them bold prayers. So that's what they did, and they saw big results. Today, we're going to continue to look through Acts in hopes of us having some of those same bold feelings towards God, and specifically talking about being bold with our prayers. Now, a little bit of context you need to know about Acts before we kind of dive in here is, is it based primarily after Jesus' death? After he was killed, he was resurrected, he revisits his followers and commissions them to, to go and to share and to do as he would do in the world and perform miracles in his name, telling others about him. That's what Jesus tells his followers to do, and that's what they do in Acts. Well, if you've been here for other messages in this series, you know they do that, but it is full of opposition, full of resistance. People mock them, thinking they're just being foolish or drunk when big things happen for God. The religious leaders of that time, they don't like what they're doing, so they they try to get rid of them. They put them in prison. Some are even killed, we saw. Yet I'm going to be so bold to say that prayer, prayer is what drove them to continue continue on in all of these resistant situations. I want to show you a picture of the power of prayer that can be seen in Acts. And it's a situation that we briefly looked at uh, in the week one. In week one, we talked about how the disciples, they healed this man. They healed a man in the name of Jesus who was lame for 40 years. 40 years. 40 years. And they teach the others around them that see this happen, that it's through Jesus that they're doing this. Well, the Jewish religious leaders, they did not like this at all. They put the disciples in prison because they're causing this confusion, this ruckus, and the public is just going crazy about it. But they can't find charges amongst these people, so they release them from prison. And when they do, they return to their other fellow Christians and they start praying. It's the first thing they do. They pray. They don't go get a cheeseburger. They don't go visit their girlfriend. Like, they just got out of the prison. They go to pray. Acts 4, 23 to 24, it says this. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. They got back, and they prayed together to God. And this is some of their prayer. Look look at this. It's in verse 29. It says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power, May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Did you see it? It says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. Give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Hear their threats, God. Hear the threats around us and give us boldness. Not keep us safe. Not help us get past this situation. But consider their threats and give us this bold response back. 
That type of prayer is very different than how I describe my early on prayer life and even my prayer life today. Is that different than yours today? It's a prayer that acknowledges that there's danger, but even amidst danger, I'm still going because it's what's right for you, God. The next verse, it says this. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And they went and did things. I think this whole passage, if we kind of like look at it as a whole, it's super interesting because I think it gives us this formula for boldness that worked for them, and it started with prayer. It starts with they get together, these people, they get together, they pray for boldness, pray, they pray for the miraculous to happen, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they're able to go out and do amazing things for God. Their boldness came first from praying boldly, being together, God's presence coming, and then the ability to speak and do. And what happens next in Acts 5, it's this. The apostles performed many signs and wonders, it says. The next verse, it says, more and more men and women believed in the Lord. The next verse says, the people brought the sick to them. The next verse says, crowds gathered and they were healed. The miraculous happens after they prayed this prayer. People start following Jesus. The sick are healed. Those results after prayer are pretty astonishing when I look at them. Have you seen something like that before? Honestly, think for yourself. I think most of us would say no. Most of us here would say no, which leads to the next question, which is, have you ever prayed for something like that before? I think most of us would also say no. So if we're ultimately desiring boldness on our part and astonishing results from God like the disciples, what do our prayers need to look like? What do our prayers need to look like? That's what I want to talk about for our remaining time today. And I think this passage, it, it gives us some, some guidelines or gives us some things. And, and this, I hope this whole series has kind of shown you this. But the first thing that I think we can see from how the disciples prayed is the first thing we need to do is we need to pray, make me bold. We need to pray that. We need to pray for boldness. Pray, make me bold. The disciples, they literally prayed, God, give us great boldness. Have you ever prayed for boldness before? Have you ever prayed for it? God, make me bold. God, make me bold at school. Make me bold at work. Make me bold in the city as a mother, as a father. Make me bold as a husband or a wife. Make me bold as a friend or an enemy or a neighbor or a witness. Have you ever prayed, make me bold? Most people probably haven't. I think the reason why is some have maybe never thought of it, but another big reason is now, now that you know it, I still think it's, you might have some hesitancy of praying it because it's kind of scary, right? It's kind of scary. And I think that, honestly, the biggest reason people don't pray this prayer, make me bold, is because it's other-centered. It's other-centered. It's more about others than our comfort. If I remind you of what most of my prayers that were early on, and I'm guessing a lot of your prayers were early on or even still today, God, help me do good in this presentation. God, help me get an A. Help me get the job. Help me look my best. Those are all self-centered prayers. But to be bold in prayer is other-centered. What if you prayed right now for boldness? I think not only would it make you bolder, but I, I know it would probably take you out of your comfort zone. Based off of my experience, if you pray it, it's going to come, like almost instantly. Uh, in the, the year that we started to plant this church, 
We're not even two years old, if you didn't know that, but uh, in the year before it started, I would pray, God, make me bold. God, make me bold, in, in a sense. Make me bold to reach people who aren't normally into church. Help me connect with them. Help me get them plugged into a church. Well, that prayer required boldness, because I'm an introvert. Are there any other introverts out there? Who's an extrovert? So all my extroverts, oh, we must not have any extroverts because no one's raising their hand. Everybody's an introvert. You're not participating. I I see how it is. Uh, I tend to, I'm an introvert. And like, that means I just like to keep to myself. And I tend to be more like this guy. Like, I want to go out. And then the second I get out, I'm like, I want to go back in, right? Like, that is what it feels like inside for me as an introvert. But to reach people, to start a church, I had to meet people. I had to talk with people. I had to be bold about God. And again, my prayer was to connect with people who are not into church or into talking about God. I had to become an extrovert, and it was different and difficult for me. And it's what I did, and somehow God granted that for me. Not only that, it's something that our church and like the launch team, people who helped make this church happen, uh, prayed for and, and wanted to have happen for themselves. So we tried some bold things. We did some kind of unique, maybe weird, bold things. This is one of them. Check it out. Drive by, but not all sign spinners are created equal. These are professional sign spinners, and they are taking over Tampa Bay. As Fox 13's Josh Kath. We had sign spinners, or as in volunteers that would spin signs. It was awesome. It was really unique for this area, but it was, it was kind of bold. It was kind of different, and uh, we did it. Actually, this guy did it. His name's Jameson. He's got a sweet beard. He was out there. What, I think there's a video of him and some of his skills. Nice. <laughs> it was bold. He went on Johnson and Maine and spun a sign around. But for real, with all this said, praying for boldness is going to give you more opportunities and ideas to act out for God. Praying for boldness will give you more promptings to do things for others. Praying for boldness is going to give you more opportunities to live out, but to see God work. Are you doing that? Are you praying for boldness? What if it was just a a morning habit of yours? You pray when you wake up in the morning, God, make me bold. What if it was on your drive to work? God, make me bold. What if it was during conflict? Make me bold. What if it's during when this time when you don't know what to do? God, make me bold in how I respond. When you're bored, make me bold. Have you prayed for boldness like the disciples? Jesus wants his disciples to be bold. Pray for it. Pray for opportunities to be bold. I want to say this next comment here, because I just, I think there's probably a few people here that maybe are thinking this or need to hear this. Honestly, maybe you're here today because you're kind of just sick of living a boring life. You're not sure about all the Jesus-y things, but you do know a self-centered life has kind of left you high and dry. A life where you always want more is what you've experienced, and it's draining, it's tiring. I know it all too well because I've been there. But maybe today you're realizing God wants to use you and your boldness, and that you can have a relationship with him, and you can be set for caring for others, being other-centered. The feeling that there's more and that you should be bold, maybe you're realizing that's God. Maybe that's God speaking to you in that sense. If that's you, maybe you, you need to start a relationship with God. Because you want purpose, you want boldness for meaning, living for meaning. 
If that's you, tell God. Tell God you want that. Tell that you want a relationship with him and you want his guidance to be bold for others. And you're on a journey, a journey of boldness. Pray that silently in your head and your heart and you are now connected with God. The second thing I, I think that we can see from our disciples uh, that what they do when it comes to prayer is also something that we should do and it takes boldness is you pray with others. We're to pray with others. Over and over again in Acts, we see the disciples, they prayed with others. In Acts 1.14, it says, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. They found one voice together. In Acts 1.23, they nominated two men. They nominated people and they prayed, oh Lord, you know every heart shows us which of these men you have chosen. They prayed when they were making decisions. In Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the sharing meals and to prayer. They, did it, they prayed it during fun and fellowship time. And the Acts, last one, Acts 2, or 4, 24, it says, When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. And please and need, they would pray to God together. In just the first few chapters alone of Acts, we see them praying together consistently. I'm going to be a bit real with you here for a second. Maybe you feel completely comfortable praying with others, which is amazing for you. But for most people, praying with others is bold, is bold, and it can be extremely uncomfortable. I mean, just think about praying at the dinner table alone, when you have guests over or people over. Praying at the dinner table is a tradition that Jesus started. He used to pray over meals and bless meals. But for us to model that and still do that today with other people, it can be awkward, it can be uncomfortable, even with your own family. Your family, it, it maybe looks something like this, like Talladega Nights a little bit. Like. We thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. I just Doesn't want to take time to say is. thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR as we call them. And of course, my red-hot smoking wife, Carly, who is a stone-cold fox. Mm. Maybe that's how you pray, I don't know. Or maybe your family's a little bit more subtle. Maybe it's more like this. Oh, dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh, sweet Sweet Lord of hosts. Maybe that's like your family. I don't know. Praying with others isn't the easiest. It's bold, though. It's bold. And honestly, both of those scenes or prayers, they're great, actually. They're great as long as they're sincere. God doesn't want babbling for babble's sake. He doesn't want repeating just to repeat things. In Matthew 6, 7, it says, When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. All the time. Today, if I'm being honest, I feel we do it less than they did. The disciples, we do it less than the disciples, which seems so wrong as, why would we think that we could get away with doing it less than the people who actually had like personal interactions with Jesus? The disciples were bold personally, but they still prayed with each other. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you prayed with others? Where were you when you prayed with others? Who were you with? 
What if God's prompting you to be bold by starting to pray with others more often? It's honestly, it's his desire for us. In Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am among them. He wants us together with others. Maybe to get God's direction in your life or for a bold move, that's where you maybe need to start. Where do you need to do more of that? Or where can you do more of that, of praying with others? As a pastor, uh, I'll be out and about sometimes and... uh, I'll be talking with people, like, let's say at Aldi's or a restaurant or a different place. I'll see someone random, and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, pray for me, pastor. And it's usually sometimes, like, what people use to try to end the conversation. Like, pray for me, see ya, you know, like, it's kind of what they say. Um, But I'm not going to lie. I have a pretty bad memory, especially when I'm out and about. My mind's usually on coffee or chocolate or mangoes or something like that. But uh, a lot of times when people say that, I'll say, all right. How about right now? Oh. I mean, I'm not going to be weird about it, right? I'm not going like, to be like, hey, let's circle around all these, because I'm not about to hold a grown man's hand in all these, or in public, or nevertheless a, a grown woman's man, a hand in, uh, in, in public. Like, that's not my wife, right? But I'm going to boldly pray for you in public. I'm going to boldly pray for you. I'll even maybe put my hand on your shoulder, because as throughout Scripture, they say things like stretch hands or place hands or lay hands over these people. As it's, it's not that I think I'm like a wizard or a Jedi or anything like that, but I'm boldly trying to live out what Scripture says by praying and laying hands. Now, I tell you this because I don't think this is like a pastor thing. This isn't like what pastors do, but this is what people who follow Jesus should do. Where do you maybe need to start doing that? Where do you need to start praying with others? For you, maybe it starts with just praying at home, at the dinner table. Maybe that's like the next step for you. Maybe it's with a friend after church. Maybe it's with your spouse before bed. Maybe it's praying with extended family at dinner. Maybe it's boldly praying with Christians in public during a a tough situation. Maybe, Maybe it's even at work. Where do you need to boldly pray for others? I'm going to be a bit vulnerable with you here for a second. Um, Honestly, like growing up, I was pretty resistant to praying with others early on in my faith because it felt like the fun killer to me. Honestly, it felt like the fun killer to me. Now, I don't mean like, hey, start, start praying like whenever fun happens. No, don't be a fun killer as in like seconds before a touchdown. Hey, let's pray instead of cheer. Like I'm not thinking, saying that. But I personally would, I didn't want to pray with my friends or my girlfriends at the time growing up, even though I knew they would probably be on board with it if I asked them, like, hey, we should pray like once in a while. But I didn't want to do it because it would then keep me accountable. That's why I didn't want to do it. It would then keep me accountable. Does that make sense? It probably would have centered me if we prayed together instead of me having a few too many at that party. It probably would have given me boldness to say no in an awkward situation that I let happen. Maybe it would have kept me accountable to my actions. I honestly didn't want it at that time. I didn't want that at the time. And to be real with you, people around me, they didn't see boldness of God through my actions because of that. Early on in my faith, they did not see me be bold. And I experienced consequences and regrets because of that. Praying with others keeps you accountable. Praying with others is bold. 
Do you need to do that? Or do you need to start doing that? Where? Now that we've addressed praying for boldness and who you maybe need to pray for and with, what you should be praying for that's bold that the disciples did is pray for miracles. We can see in Acts, they pray for miracles over and over again. The disciples, they prayed, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Do you pray for miracles daily? For signs and wonders as they did? Probably not, right? Probably not. Why don't people pray for miracles anymore? Some don't believe. Others don't want to be disappointed. Some are nervous if they pray it and God doesn't like act on it. It makes God look bad, so they're like, oh, I just don't even want to pray it anymore. Prayers matter. Prayers matter, and God is, he's a grown, like, adult, or he's actually the king of the universe, but, like, he's a grown adult who oversees everything. Prayer is not an afterthought to God's plan. Prayer is not this plan B. It's not a spare tire. It's not just for life's breakdowns. Sure, God does countless miracles, but under God, Prayer runs the world. It does. God does countless miracles in the world every day that no one maybe mentions specifically in prayer. But he does some of his most important work because one of his children asks him to. If you know scripture, you see God splits seas. He heals others who are lame. He opens spiritually blind eyes through prayer. God makes our humble, dependent cries for help the reason for what he does in the world at times. When it comes to praying for miracles, we should assume that God has very few plans in the world that do not involve the prayers of his people. I think that's the case for us. Are you participating in that? Are you praying for the miraculous, the healing, the peace, the hope, the reconciliation, the understanding, the forgiveness, the change, the state of mind. I mean, it may seem silly sometimes, but the prayer or the words we offer, it matters. There's a writer, he's named uh, Marshall Siegel, who says this. He says, when God makes and carries out his plans, he plans for us to pray. He does. God is an unchanging being, but when he hears our cries, he wants to give us our heart's desires. It says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. That's Psalm 37.4. With that said, what miracles or bold prayers would you like to see happen? Are you praying for those things to happen? Are you praying for your family members who maybe for 20, 30, 40 years, they still don't know God or still aren't connected to God? Are you still praying for them? Maybe that, that sickness that hasn't gone away, are you still praying for it? That relief from that one thing that you just have been struggling or that's been holding over you. Are you praying for release from it? Are you praying for the job, the healing, the follow-through? The disciples, they prayed for the miraculous and they saw it happen. Are you praying for it? The last thing that I think is a bold prayer that we see the disciples just assumed and I think is something important for us to acknowledge is for us to pray to understand God's sovereignty. Now, I know that's kind of a churchy word, but what it means is, is to pray to understand God's leading and decisions for the world. Pray to boldly never hesitate on what God is doing in your life. Pray for your faith in God to be big enough to handle a no or a not yet when it comes. Does anyone, like, get nightmares sometimes? So, like, I, I love, like, 
fun dreams, good dreams, nightmares are horrible. They're horrible. So I had this nightmare this week, actually. And it was like kind of a nonsensical dream. Like it didn't make, like as you're describing it to someone, it's like, it doesn't really make sense. But in the moment, it was real, intense for me. Uh, and what it was is I was slowly seeing my daughter die. I was slowly seeing her like pass away and just like kind of suffer through aches. And I know it's kind of morbid, but even though it was a dream, it hit me kind of hard. It crushed me for a bit. If it actually happened today, where I started to see those things happen, I'm going to be honest. I can't guarantee it'd be all good or that like I wouldn't struggle or get angry at God. It would take some wrestling with God. But it's the same wrestling feeling I think we get, or maybe to even a smaller sense, when we get a no or a not yet or the bad news or the thing that I didn't want to happen. In that moment, to boldly pray, God, help me understand this and to trust that you are God, that's a bold prayer. That's a bold prayer in a situation like that. Honestly, as a whole, if I think about the future of things for, for our generation, for our nation, for all things, I'm nervous. Yes, I have faith. Yes, I have hope. Yes, I trust that God is in control. But I know bad stuff happens. And I know I'm going to need boldness to get through it, whatever comes. One of my consistent prayers today for, from God or for God is to help me understand his sovereignty. Help me understand. Help me see that he works out all things for his good. Where are you at in a bold prayer like that? Are you struggling right now? Maybe you need to pray that right now. If so, pray for boldness to trust and understand God's ways. Is there a struggle maybe brewing for you? Pray for understanding. Pray to trust God's sovereignty. The disciples, we see they were bold and their prayer life drove their actions. Is your prayer life driving your bold actions today? As you think about prayer, what do you need to boldly pray about starting this week? Do you need to start praying for, for boldness? Pray, make me bold. Do you need to pray with others more often? Maybe it just starts with being at home, praying for the first time at home at the dinner table. That could be amazing. Maybe it's praying for miracles, signs and wonders from God. Maybe it's praying for understanding of God's sovereignty. I'm going to pray that today, or starting today, that we can act on one of those things and that God will help me decide which one is, is needed for me. If you want God to help you decide which one you should act on this week, uh, I'm going to pray that God prompts you as well. If you want that prompting, you can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you today uh, for giving us just a, a great example of why prayer matters. God, we just pray that, uh, that you make it obvious of where we need to start with prayer. Maybe it's just praying in our car to ourselves. Maybe it's praying with others. Maybe it's praying for boldness. Maybe it's praying for some miracles. Whatever it is, God, we just pray that uh, you make it easy for us to be aware of when you want us to pray and when you want us to act out in boldness for you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.